2: Welcome back to grassroots marketing on cannabis com, And I'm joined right now by who has been referred to as the most connected man in cannabis. He is uh, the CEO behind a company that does architects of exclusive experiences connected to cannabis space, lemon haze. And who I'm with here is the CEO of lemon haze, Brian Yager here on grassroots marketing. Brian, thanks for being on.
3: Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really do enjoy this.
2: So, you know, I mean, you know, there's always a thought about, you never really think too much about the, just the athletic uh, competitions, you know, pro-ams or, or the kind of uh, tournament-type things or just the experiences that you can bring sports and cannabis, the cannabis industry together. I know we've seen some conferences or, say, some organizations have tried to do things, but not to the level of what you're doing now in terms of creating, you know, the fact of what you have here where, To bring people together, and think of South Florida. Look, I mean, I can throw a rock and I can hit a (laughs) golf course right now. Okay, we have golf. We just got through the tourist season this year as well, and knowing the amount of people that come through, that will spend a lot on greens fees and a lot on to go ahead and get down the back nine or whatever. And then the weather when it's great, when it is, to go ahead and put events like this together. You've been doing that, and what you did, what you've done now, coming out of. everything's going on with the pandemic, you have created a Lemon Hayes Cannabis Executive golf, golf Classic Tour and the Lemon Hayes Cannabis Executive Invitational. And the tournament's offered a day of friendly competition, networking on the green, and it's one of your signature events. Talk to me about the creation of the golf invitationals here and why this type of networking is so essential, especially even for cannabis.
3: Green, yeah, you green know- on the greens. Yeah. Green on the greens. Exactly. You know, it's funny how sometimes, um, you stumble into things in life and they just work. And a lot of times it's basically when you build something that you want to do yourself. And that's, that's honestly how it happened. And, you know, to, to, to tell you kind of how it happened, I need to go back a little bit to our butt events, if you don't mind, because it really does play a big, a big piece, uh, a big piece of the of the of the of the story here. So, just to give you a little bit of background, and and to make a very long story as short as possible, we actually started. Uh, Lemon Haze formed in Seattle uh, as, believe it or not, a technology company doing. We were doing data for the Washington State recreational cannabis industry, mm-hmm. and we had some different charts which were kind of, for lack of a better word, we we marketed it as the billboard top top 40 of cannabis in Washington state. And we were trying to figure out a way to promote those. And we, we decided to use butt tenders. And the the concept was we would, we would tell all the butt tenders in the Seattle market about these charts. And then they would tell the consumers and then we would get eyeballs on the, um, we'd get eyeballs on the platform. So we originally, this goes all the way back to 2016, we had a, a, a big office in the middle of downtown Seattle. So we threw a big party, invited all the bud tenders in Seattle to this big free party, open bar, free food, consumption allowed. And then we were going to promote our, promote our data to the bud tenders. And we had a couple of campus brands that we decided to ask if they wanted to sponsor so that they could, um, we could cover the cost. This was never meant to be a moneymaker. This was honestly a, our own way of promoting. It was our own marketing of our own product and trying to find, as most startups, trying to find ways to limit the um, limit the cost. And all of a sudden, it went really well. So we did another one, which uh, which made you know, about 150 butt tenders in the first and 300 butt tenders on the second. And they just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And one day we looked up and realized that while we weren't really making any money on data... We were throwing some really good events that people wanted to sponsor and we were actually making money on our events. So we built an event where we brought together all the butt tenders and all the brands sponsored because they wanted to get in front of the butt tenders to tell to 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 talk to the butt tenders about what they wanted. So the concept being was that we were gonna guarantee our sponsors the exact target audience that they wanted. And we did this all through Washington state. This kind of grew through 2016, 2017, 2018. And in late 2019, we said, Hey, this is a great concept. Let's take this concept and start expanding it to other markets. Mm -hmm. So we started doing the butt tender events in Portland and we started doing some events in California and in LA and Orange County and Oakland. And in early 2020, we even got one of our butt tender events in, in Las Vegas and then this funny little thing called COVID-19 came around. You might've heard about it. It's yeah. been in the news a little bit. And it totally just whacked us upside the head with a baseball bat. And we, we did like everybody did. We, we, we made some adjustments and we altered and we came up with some virtual models to keep the lights on all through the pandemic. And today, now I'm getting to the point where i answer answering your question. So fast forward now to December of 2020, when it was, uh, you know, the vaccines were on the horizon, regardless of what it thinks about them, yep. the world was obviously was going to open up that we knew that, that, that we were going to be able to start coming back with events. We had, we had weathered the worst part of the storm and they were coming back.
2: Now, well, right, at the time, she'll be real quick. And let's go into the actual events. Uh, Cause what, what I'm really getting from this, and this was bud tenders. You wanted to go reach out to first for these events. What was it that you felt like that was the, the audience to go after that you thought you wanted to get done to network as opposed to, seeing traditional conferences or just uh, events where
3: you just have businesses networking together? Well, see, so the one thing we knew, because we were data, so we were tied into a bunch of the POS systems, and we were tied into a bunch of the POS systems in um, Washington State, again, going back to when we were at data time. So one thing we knew that was that every butt tender on average helped facilitate 980 transactions a month. Maybe not even 980 customers, but 980 times a month they helped facilitate a transaction. So we knew if we could if we could talk to a hundred butt tenders, we had the potential to multiply that those hundred butt tenders by nine hundred and eighty conversations every single month per butt tender. So it jumped the numbers up. So it was just honestly a marketing ploy now, of going like to the
2: the, the, the butt tenders were more persuaders. Based on the on the stats that you saw, as opposed to just being facilitators, just providing the product, getting it off the shelf and presenting it and making the sale. You felt like there was much more persuasion being done by those bud tenders. So you need to, be to rub shoulders with them a little bit more.
3: Exactly. Because if you, and you have to remember, we're going all the way back to 2016 now. So there was not a lot of brand recognition. There were no Coca-Colas. There were no Pepsis. There were no Xeroxes of the cannabis world that a customer would come in and know what they were looking for. So at that time, you know, at that time, 2014, 2015, 2016, a a customer would go into a a dispensary or pot shop and say, I want marijuana. And the bartender would turn around and kind of go, which one? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, right. and a consumer would be like, I don't know. And then the button would go through their series of questions. Are you looking for, for sleep? Are you working for pain? Are you looking for just have fun? What are you? And then they would make their recommendation. They would make their recommendation based on that. So we knew the butt tenders were having conversations with the consumers. Now, if you go back from the lemon haze perspective at that time, right. and again, we haven't got to the golf yet, but this is the, the core yeah, of how the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but at that time, we knew that the butt tender needed to recommend or or the butt tender's recommendation was probably 60, 70 percent of the time at that time in the industry. Well, what we were doing was we were tied into those POS systems. So we knew the top selling flour, the top selling edibles, the top selling sativas, the top selling indicas. So we had these charts that said this is the number one flour, this is the number one edible, this is the number one topical, wow. whatever it was. So the concept we were looking for was for the bud tender when the consumer said, I'm looking for X. And the bud tender could then take their phone or whatever it may be and say, Well, according to Lemon Haze, which takes the does the data, the this is your top selling brand. And 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 what we wanted was at the time for the consumers to look at the charts and say, Oh, well, that one you know, oh, now I know that it was the Yelp basically without the review. It was the, it was the, or I shouldn't say the Yelp because the Yelp was a review. It was the billboard top 40, right? It was the billboard. Okay. Well, that must be the best one because they're the top seller or whatever it may be. And then the more eyeballs we were able to get in the charts, we would sell advertising. That was the plan at the time.
2: Right. right. And then what happens is that once new brands start coming into play and once you start seeing some real money being injected into marketing, say into a particular dispensaries or a chain of dispensaries then if you're able to get into the ears of these beer, these bud tenders, you're going to persuade them to go ahead and go with your products. They know they can make a better commission on, or they can do better on because there's some kind of a quota that might be met for that.
3: Exactly. And so what ended up happening and see, this is what I said. It's kind of one of those things and we'll, and, and either as we go forward, those things in life where you kind of build what you want. And it turns out that other people want it as well. Mm-hmm. So we, we knew that because we had the data, we knew that, that for every bud tender, you You had you had 980 transactions on average per month. Well, well, like I said, so we start throwing these butt tender parties to promote our own our own product. However, these cannabis brands, which were friends of ours, we knew them. It was a small still is a small market, but we knew everybody. These cannabis brands said, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to talk to those butt tenders, too. I want those butt tenders to also know about my product. For those 980 transactions, they said, can I sponsor your event and put up a table at your event so I can talk to the but tenders about my product to convince the but tenders to sell my product? Well, so now, you know, we're a startup at the time. So we're looking what we still are, but we're a startup at the time. We're looking to cover expenses. We're like, absolutely. So we start with four brands. Then we go to the next party. The next party, I've got eight brands that want to sponsor it. And the next party, <laughs> the next party, I've got 20 that want to sponsor it. So we did one party every quarter. And within within eighteen months, within six quarters, we'd gone from a hundred and fifty person butt tender in our office to having to rent out the entire Tacoma Dome to fit all the brands in there that were wanting oh. to sponsor. And that's when we said, I think we're a better events company than we are a data company. Right. <laughs> and right. that's when we made the pivot. So that's going to get your tie into sports because you've
2: uh, <laughs> football. You worked at Oklahoma State cowboys uh assistant linebacker coach you get you also did ivy league schools you did columbia <laughs> which is, that's a <laughs> impressive uh, the fact you got to be in new york in that cold culture shock Um, uh, not two places I didn't necessarily figure that you would go be playing golf at too much
3: no and it's funny you said that so yeah so let's kind of get to that so on the golf side of it I did not, I was not a golfer as a kid. That was, wasn't something my family did. I didn't do. And when I got my very, so, um, my, my aim, my whole life is to coach college football. That was my goal. And I, I was very, very proud of the 12 years that I did it. So when I got out of college and I got my very first coaching job, uh, which was at Hutchinson community college in Hutchinson, Kansas. Um, the first, one of the things that happened first year I was there was and every, in every school does this. Every school has. Their athletic golf tournament that all their coaches play in and and whatever and I didn't play in it the first year because I didn't golf I didn't know how to golf and I I I felt a little bit left out so I took lessons and I just fell in love with the game and so and every school whether it be Hutch whether it be Oklahoma State whether it be Columbia whether it be Wilmington College whether it be Swanee University South all the places I worked every single one of them had a a alumni golf tournament or some form of athletic golf tournament that we all played in. And that started my love of that game. And, uh, and that's the beautiful part too. You know, when you're coaching, everybody you work with is also a fellow ex jock. So everybody has a competitive, you better have a competitive streak in that, in that, in that profession. So we just would have a lot of fun and that was a great staff outings too.
2: So taking the idea of going with golfing, which is a, it really, you know, people don't realize, I guess, For those in the cannabis industry, for all the corporate C-level types that you're bringing into the industry, that are coming into the industry now, they all used to go and play golf themselves. They would go and be, uh, you know, and what's your your appreciation when it comes to sports, when it comes to golf, when it comes to, it could be cigars. It could be a lot of different things, just that the the bonding and networking together that you can have because of the time you have to go ahead and network and, you know, rub shoulders at a golf game when you're just go ahead and, you know, playing the holes and going down the the golf carts. The idea is... uh, so through Cannabis Radio and through other things we've done with my parent company, we've had our work of doing conferences, concerts. Uh, we've done various events, club events, and, and just a lot of different things where it's always the balance between bringing in sponsors and getting the interest from them, especially with a cannabis industry-related event, and the same way getting the attendance and getting attendees or participants or people that want to be involved, that, that want to be attending the event. Talk to me about trying to create that balance and and the really there's obstacles around it with social media, the kind of marketing that you do. What is it that Lemon Haze does that is able to make that stand out so that every event, big or small, turns out well?
3: Yeah. And and it, it really is probably the part about Lemon Haze that I'm most proud of. And it's part of Lemon Haze that really is is our differentiator. And it goes back again to, to our past and starting with the, my past in coaching. Because – well, as, as anybody that's a that's a college sports fan of any sport knows that only half the job is the actual coaching the sport. The other half of the job is recruiting the players that you need to do the job. Right. And so in my background of just doing any type of event long before I got into cannabis was events that were more based on recruiting than based on selling tickets. Because the point is, when you're recruiting, a, when you're recruiting an athlete, Every every high school football player in the country wants to play at Alabama. Mm -hmm. Not everyone can. So Alabama goes and they identify the the top players in the country that they want to have. And then they go invite them to their school. They pay for the flight. They pay for the food. They pay for everything. And then they, if that player then now accepts to play at Alabama, Alabama recoups that cost by selling tickets and sponsorships and, and football game, you know, tickets to football games and TV revenue and so on and so forth. So that's, that's half of the answer to the question. The other half is, so that was part of my background, the way I think, because that's what I did for so long. Mm-hmm. The other half of that was really this, was when I did get out of coaching and I moved back to Austin, Texas, where I was originally from, where, where I grew up. Um, I had I'd been in sales for a year or two and did, did decently well. And I started my very first company in Austin and that company we did. We did commercial roofing, spray polyurethane foam roofing and, and epoxy coatings on commercial yeah. roofs. And so now I'm going to do my very first trade show. I'm a business owner now. I need to do a trade show. So, and I still remember it like it was yesterday. I, um, it was the Texas Self Stores Association trade show. So I paid my $3,000 and I got my little 10 by 10 booth together yeah. and I sat at the trade show and I, sat there for two days and I talked to 300 people of which eight of them were the actual people I wanted to talk to. Mm -hmm. And any business deals I closed, I closed at the after part. So one day just hit me when we were doing, when we were coming around with our events, I'm like, you know, it seemed kind of silly to sit there and talk to 300 people to have eight. You wanted to talk to, why don't I just go recruit the exact people that sponsors will want to talk to? And put those exact people in the after party and hide the trade show in the middle of the after party. And then I can charge a premium for my sponsorships. And that right. is what Lemon Haze is in a nutshell, is we've taken an after party, whether it be a butt tender event, a golf event. A, a very It's fun and relaxing. We get the exact target audience that you want where that target audience is butt tenders, that target audience is buyers, mm-hmm. or where that target audience is executives. And then we hide a trade show in whatever party we're throwing. <laughs> so that's really the the uh, the the, the 30,000 foot overview and, and really the business model that we have.
2: Right. The, so let me people to the website lemonhaze.com, lemon H A Z E. You have cannabis conventions, you have virtual upfronts, bud tender parties, golf classics, and lemon haze days. Let's go real quickly. You kind of already touched on lemon haze days when it comes to uh, bud tenders and bringing them together. Uh, multiple parties that you have in various locations. I noticed that uh, some of these you definitely do like to, you know, call back to Seattle, Arizona, Washington, Southern California, Michigan. Uh, when it comes to uh, those events and others, you know, talking about the placement and location of where I, uh some of the places you decide to go with, what what uh, goes into that count? How do you uh, <laughs> Strategize that.
3: Yeah, so it's a great question, and and the and so the thing that we have, you know, just being fortunate to have been in the industry since twenty fourteen, and knowing a lot of people as we do, and talking to a lot of people as we do, a traditional trade show model, no matter what your target audience is, a traditional trade show model is to put a trade show in one location and get people from as far away as you can to come to that one location and spend a number of days together well because we did start with the butt tender and again this is going to change depending on state but that tender generally is an hourly employee of $15 an hour Mm -hmm. plus or minus $5 either way depending on the market those aren't those unfortunately just is not a job where those those people that have an opportunity to travel and spend a lot of money on traveling for events plus the fact they have to work so when when we got to know several of the cannabis brands, the concept was instead of asking the bud tender to come to us, why don't we just go to them? And, you know, especially in a market like cannabis where yes, there are a handful of uh, MSOs, the cure Leafs and the GTIs. There's really not anybody that's everywhere. So if you're talking to a bud tender from Oklahoma city them seeing a booth for GTI really that isn't that important because GTI is not in yeah. Oklahoma. So, it, so we said, you know, let's go to Oklahoma and put the brands that are in Oklahoma in front of the Oklahoma butt tenders. Let's go to California and put the California brands in front of the California butt tenders. Yeah. Same thing with Washington, things in Michigan, same thing with Massachusetts. And so when we talk about lemon Hayes days, it was even taking that a step farther and saying, you know, for for you and I, as 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 you know, older than they are, business people, the difference between the difference between L.A. and San Diego is nominal. It's not that big of a deal. If we need to go to San Diego and we live in L.A., we go to San Diego. But if you're a bud tender and you just want to go to a party, that's a big jaunt. That's a totally different thing. But those, but that same cannabis brand needs to talk to both the LA bud tender, the orange County Butt tender and the San Diego bud tender. So we just said, okay, let's, instead of making a three day event in one spot where we're trying to get people to come to us, let's just take our three day event and put it in each of those spots. So we'll do like, we just got done doing a, a short lemon haze days, in Southern California where we did a post 420 budtender appreciation event in LA mm-hmm. and then turned around did the next night in San Diego our sponsors came with us our sponsors did both of them so our sponsors did our event with us in LA then we all ran down to San Diego the next day and we got it so they got an wow. audience of 250 butt tenders in LA and then they got an audience of 250 budtenders the next day in San Diego and all of a sudden they had an audience of 500 completely unique budtenders in two days, instead of asking 500 to come to LA when 500 weren't going to come to LA from, from those other markets, we just go to them. So
2: there's a lot of executive golf classics. You have it coming up right now, especially going into the summertime. Uh, as we speak, you have one in Northern California coming up uh, this weekend. Then you have, you're going to Ohio, Colorado, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Missouri, Chicago, Detroit. Uh, it's going into the fall time. Uh, and for yeah. all those information, all that information, website is lemonhaze h a z e dot Anything in particular you want to let uh, listeners know about right now that you're really uh, something really big that's being planned?
3: Well, yeah. So there, th- yes. So, uh, uh, but, yeah. So with the golf tournaments, the 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 golf tournaments were something. Again, I love golf, and the golf tournaments came out of necessity from COVID. And what I mean by that is, what I mean by that is, when we, when, when COVID happened, I decided to move myself and the, and the, the base of the company from Seattle to Las Vegas, where, where we're currently based out of. Um, Again, um, when COVID was coming to an end and we knew that live events were going to come back, at that time, Governor Sisolak, here in Nevada, had said you can start doing events of less than 250 people. Well, our buttender events were all more than 250 people, so I was. I was going, how do we bring this back? And then it hit me. I said, you know what? A, a golf tournament is 144 people if it's totally full. And that's less than 250. But I said, you know, what can I, what will sponsors want to pay for? What what target audience sponsors want to pay for that's less than 250 people? And the answer was the decision makers. The decision makers, meaning C-suite VPs and directors. So I took the same concept of recruiting and the buck party. And I went out and I invited all of the, I invited all of the C-suite VP and directors of the Nevada cannabis companies to play in a golf tournament, free food, free golf, great golf course. And, uh, and then I sold sponsorships around it. And what's funny is what was supposed to be a one-time event. It was supposed to be do the golf tournament bring the company out of COVID, get back to our butt tenders and keep going, it took off like a bottle rocket. And all of our sponsors said, Brian, that worked so well. Can you please do one in Arizona? Because this was last year, Arizona at that time was the newest recreational market and they wanted to speak with those decision makers. So we did one in Arizona. And that one took off like a rocket ship. And that's where I said, you know, You know, (laughs) I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. This obviously works. And we added, we added, you know, several of the other markets we had and they took off around the country. And that leads to what you're talking or or one thing we could talk about with what came up, which was now the invitational. So as we went from market to market last year in 2021, from, from Nevada to Arizona, to Oklahoma, to Massachusetts, to Michigan, to California. And we, we, we kept meeting with these executives from all those different markets our sponsors kept signing up for more and more and more because it was getting them in front of the exact decision makers that they wanted to be in front of. And then, because we are based here in Las Vegas, I said, you know what? Um, There is, there is uh, a thought to bringing instead of all of the decision makers from market to market, let's go ahead and go after the most powerful decision makers in the country and recreational cannabis and that's where we came up with the Lemon Hayes Canvas uh, Executive Invitational. So the Invitational was just a bigger, more, uh, more, more bells and whistles, more flashy tournament. But to be invited to the Invitational, the original, the original, um, the original concept was we were going to invite only C-suite and VPs of the major national MSOs. GTI, Cureleaf, Jushi, Verona, GTI, uh, Tilt, so on and so forth. Um, and the C-suite and VPs of some of the major international private companies uh, worth, you know, worth, you know, several hundred or not several hundred, but worth hundred million dollars, like a STEEZY or a Raw Garden. Um, and it just got legs. And we were getting an incredible T-sheet of the C-suite of all these major MSOs and private companies, And then what unexpectedly happened was all of a sudden we started having several of the VCs reaching out asking if they could get some of their up and comer, their fast up and comer companies to be invited to the invitation as well. Example of that would be Bengal Capital called me and said, Hey, can I get Jetty invited to this thing? Can I get the founders of Jetty? Jetty out of California. They said, they're not the size, they're not the size that you're talking about, but their revenue is doubling every certain number of quarters and they are going to be, on that level and so we started saying you know let, let's let's do look at these up and comers that are coming around and then we started looking into up and comers in diversity markets and, and we have all these
2: events that are all being combined together for great various levels of networking experience uh, from bud tenders to the business owners lemonhaze.com lemonhaze.com and that's where all your events are listed and Brian Yager CEO of Lemon Haze, thanks for being on with us really appreciate you taking time out
0: No, that was great.
3: It was a lot of fun. I really do
0: appreciate it. Sure. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off,